1: Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton.
2: They lamented the consequences of their sin and not the cause of their sin. And often people regret the consequences of their sin but not the sin itself. They lament that they got caught or they lament at what they lost or what was destroyed by their sin without actually lamenting the sin Or their own sinfulness and sinful behavior that brought that destruction.
1: Have you ever been on the receiving end of an insincere apology? An apology only done for show or to appease someone else doesn't really mean much. In fact, it may have been better if the offender never offered any apology at all. In today's teaching, Pastor Dan shows us that Israel gave God an insincere apology. They put on a good show, fasting and lamenting for 70 years, but ultimately, they weren't sorry for the right reasons. God wanted their hearts more than their apology. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Zechariah chapter 7 for today's edition of Ring of Truth.
2: Going through the Old Testament verse by verse. We're in the book of Zechariah. We're picking up in chapter 7. If you want to turn there in your Bible for me, Zechariah chapter 7. We're nearing the end of the Old Testament. And once we finish, we'll start over. Right? (laughs) Well, just as a reminder, Zechariah was a prophet to the remnant of Jews that returned to Jerusalem after the captivity to rebuild the temple. And verse 1 of chapter 7 says, Now in the fourth year of King Darius, it came to pass that the word of the Lord came to Zechariah on the fourth day of the ninth month, which is Chislev. And so this was about two years after Zechariah received his first word from the Lord, back in chapter 1, verse 1. This would have been in the month of December. And at this point, the temple was halfway completed. They've made progress. They're using it. They have about two years of work left to go on the temple. And in verse 2, it says, And when the people sent Sherazer with Regimelech," Regimelech, right? It's like the song. And his men to the house of God to pray before the Lord And to ask the priests who were in the house of the Lord of hosts and the prophets, saying, Should I weep in the fifth month and fast as I have done for so many years? So a delegation of Jews go to Jerusalem to the temple. They're probably from the town of Bethel. Your translation may even say that they're from the town of Bethel. And they come to ask this question about fasting. And their question was, should they continue to lament and fast in the fifth month as they have done for so many years? Now, when the Jews went into captivity in Babylon, they instituted a fast in the fifth month to lament the destruction of the temple by the Babylonians. The temple was destroyed in the fifth month. If you're taking notes, you can jot down Second Kings chapter 25, 2 Kings 25 verses 8 and 9. I'll just read them to you, but it says, In the fifth month, on the seventh day of the month, which was the 19th year of King Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, a servant of the king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem. He burned the house of the Lord and the king's house, all the houses of Jerusalem, that is, All the houses of the great he burned with fire. And so it was in the fifth month that the Babylonians burned the temple to the ground, along with all the houses in Jerusalem. And so the Jewish people, once they went into captivity, they instituted a fast in the fifth month to lament the destruction of the temple. They instituted four fasts in all to remember the fall of Jerusalem. This is while they're, while they're in captivity. In addition to the fast in the fifth month for the temple, they had a fast in the fourth month to mourn the capture of Jerusalem, a fast in the seventh month to mourn the assassination of King Gedaliah, and a fast in the tenth month to remember the beginning of Nebuchadnezzar's siege of Jerusalem. And they had kept these four fasts throughout their 70 years of captivity. But now the temple is almost completed. It's almost rebuilt. And so this delegation comes to Jerusalem to ask the priest, ask the prophets, do we need to continue to fast for the temple as we have done for so many years? Since there's a new temple now. Now, the Day of Atonement was the only annual fast that God actually required the day of atonement. That's in Leviticus chapter 23, verse 27. These additional fasts were never commanded by God. These were man-made fasts, but they were never commanded by God. And they've been doing them for so long, these man-made rituals, that they think they are commanded by God. And that's why they're going to the priest's And to the prophet, saying, do we need to continue with these fasts? And God answered their question beginning in verse 4. Look at verse 4. Then the word of the Lord of hosts came to me, saying, Say to all the people of the land and to the priests, When you fasted and mourned in the fifth and seven months, during those 70 years, did you really fast for me? For me? When you eat and when you drink? Do you not eat and drink for yourselves? Should you not have obeyed the words which the Lord proclaimed through the former prophets when Jerusalem and the cities around it were inhabited and prosperous, and the south, the Negev, and the lowlands, the Shephelah, were inhabited? They didn't really fast for God. They've got these four fasts that they observe every year, and they've been observing them for 70 years throughout the captivity, but they didn't really fast for God. And they were not really fasting and lamenting over their sin that brought the destruction of Jerusalem and and the temple. They were not lamenting over their rebellion or their disobedience to God. Listen, please tune in. Don't miss this they lamented the consequences of their sin and not the cause of their sin. They lamented the consequences of their sin and not the cause of their sin. And often people regret the consequences of their sin, but not the sin itself. They lament that they got caught or they lament at what they lost or what was destroyed by their sin without actually lamenting the sin or their own sinfulness and sinful behavior that brought that destruction. The people of Israel lamented and fasted because Jerusalem fell and the temple was destroyed, but they did not lament their disobedience to God that caused the destruction. And that's a very important difference. They mourned over the wrong thing. And that's why God says in verse 7, should you not have obeyed the words which the Lord proclaimed, through the former prophets when Jerusalem and the cities around it were inhabited before the captivity and when they were prosperous. The real concern is your disobedience. Should you not have obeyed the words which the Lord proclaimed through the former prophets? If they would have obeyed the Lord, Jerusalem wouldn't have been destroyed. The temple would still be standing And the people would still be in their own land and prospering. The issue was disobedience to the word of God. Instead of obeying the Lord, and listen to this, instead of obeying the Lord, that's really what he wanted them to do, instead of just obeying the Lord, they decided to implement these fasts as kind of a a self-imposed punishment or a self-imposed penance they implemented these fasts in place of obedience or in a way of dodging obedience. It's easier to fast than to repent and obey the Lord. It's easier just to take a day once a month and fast than obey the Lord. And sometimes people will create some, you know, self-imposed punishment or self-imposed penance as a way of dodging obedience to the Lord, where they essentially say to the Lord, Lord, I, I won't do what you're asking me to do. I won't repent and obey, but I will do this other thing instead. It's kind of a personal flogging. And we're very good at making it sound spiritual, and we're very good at making it sound self-sacrificial, when really it's just a cloak for dodging obedience. There's no replacement for repentance and obedience. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. That's what he's looking for. Just obedience. We show our love for him by obedience to his word. You know, if I ask my son to mow the yard, and he doesn't mow the yard and tells me, I didn't mow the yard, but instead I fasted. I didn't ask you to fast. I asked you to mow the yard. I want the yard mowed. And I'm kind of annoyed that you think that I'll accept fasting in place of mowing. (laughs) You don't get credit for fasting when I want you to mow the yard. And that's what people can do sometimes. That's what Israel did. Instead of obeying the Lord, doing what he's asking me to do, I won't do that, but I will do this. If we negotiate with God, when all He really wants from us is obedience, if you love me, you'll keep my commands.
1: You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan.
2: It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's
1: calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. You know,
2: in First Samuel chapter 15, the Lord commanded King Saul to utterly destroy the Amalekites and all that the Amalekites had, including their livestock. And King Saul, if you know the story, he disobeyed the Lord. He didn't destroy all that the Amalekites possessed. He actually kept the sheep and the oxen that belonged to the Amalekites. He kept them for himself. But then when he was confronted by Samuel the prophet about his disobedience, Saul said, we spared the sheep and the oxen to sacrifice them to the Lord God. Well, we thought we would just make a sacrifice to the Lord out of these sheep and oxen. Well, that's not what God commanded Saul to do. He he didn't say, keep whatever you think you should keep. He said, utterly destroy everything. And so Samuel the prophet rebuked King Saul for his rebellion, saying, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. To obey is better than sacrifice. Cutting the grass is better than fasting, right? To heed the Lord is better than any offering you could make from your disobedience. But quite often that's what people do. They try to make some kind of offering to the Lord out of their disobedience, thinking that God will accept that and turn a blind eye to the disobedience. God never asked Israel to fast and lament over the fall of Jerusalem. He never asked them to fast four times a year over the fall of Jerusalem. Jerusalem. To obey is better than sacrifice. To obey is better than a sacrifice that God never asked you to make. And he even says in verse 5, hey, you didn't fast for me. I didn't ask you to do this fast. You didn't do it for me. I asked you to obey my words. And so then he goes on in verse 8. Then the word of the Lord came to Zachariah, saying, thus says the Lord of hosts, execute true justice. Show mercy and compassion everyone to his brother. Do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, the alien or the poor. Let none of you plan evil in his heart against his brother. This is what I asked you to do, the Lord says. You know, basically do what's right. This is the kind of obedience that God wanted from his people. And it's not anything super difficult to do. I asked you to be just. I ask you to show mercy and compassion to everyone. I ask you not to oppress the vulnerable in society, the widow, the fatherless, the alien or the foreigner or the poor. Those with power and authority use their power and authority to oppress the powerless in society. Again, it was easier to fast four times a year than to treat people in a godly way with mercy and compassion, and they essentially say, "Well, oh, well we're not going to do that, but we'll fast." What do we fast four times a year? God asked them to do just you know basic right, you know the second greatest commandment: love your neighbor as yourself. Now he tells us their response to this in verse eleven. Look at verse eleven. But they refused to heed. They shrugged their shoulders. They stopped their ears so they could not hear. Yes, they made their hearts like flint, refusing to hear the law and the words which the Lord of hosts had sent by his spirit through the former prophets. Thus great wrath came from the Lord of hosts. Now there is a progression here that you should note. Please don't miss it. There is a progression here of their rejection. A progression of rejection. First, when they heard God's word, They refused to heed God's word. They refused to listen to God's word. They refused to obey God's word. Then it says, then they shrugged their shoulders. The idea is they pulled away from God because they they didn't want to obey his word. And the picture that's used here is that of, of an ox refusing a yoke. So you can picture somebody struggling to get a yoke on the neck of an ox and the ox is not having it. And that's the picture here of the attitude of their heart towards the Word of God when God spoke to them. They pulled away. I'm not doing that. I'm not putting that yoke on me. And then they stopped their ears so they could not hear. The New Living Translation says they put their fingers in their ears to keep from hearing. You know, like a little bratty kid. Blah 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 I can't hear you, I can't hear you, I can't hear you. And finally, they made their hearts like flint. And notice it says they made their hearts like flint. Their hearts weren't like flint. They made their hearts like flint. They made their hearts hard toward God and his word. But it was this gradual progression here. The path to a hard heart toward God begins with refusing to heed the word. That's where it starts. Refusing to hear the word of God, refusing to obey the word of God, that's the first step. And when a person refuses to heed the word of God, they are heading down a destructive path unless they repent and turn back. This is similar to what we talked about with the rich young ruler and Matthew's gospel. It's interesting that God's bringing it up again. Jesus told the rich young ruler what he must do to have eternal life. And he refused to heed the word of the Lord. He wasn't willing to do what Jesus asked him to do. He shrugged his shoulders, so to speak. I'm not doing that. And he walked away. You remember that? He turned and walked away, heading down the path toward a hard heart. And so there's this progression. A person doesn't just start out with a hard heart. It begins with not heeding the word, refusing to obey. And there's this downward progression that takes place in a person's life. Now, I do want you to notice in verse 12, before we move on, notice the description of the inspiration of scripture, the description of the inspiration of scripture. Look how it's written. The words which the Lord of hosts had sent by his spirit through the former prophets. God spoke his word by his spirit through the prophets. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. And so the prophets were not declaring their own words or their own thoughts or their own opinions. They declared the word of God that they received from the Holy Spirit. And because the people of Israel refused to heed the word of God and shrugged their shoulders and stopped their ears and made their hearts like flint. Look at the end of verse 12 again. Thus, great wrath came from the Lord of hosts. That's why Jerusalem was destroyed. That's why the temple was destroyed. And that's what they should be lamenting and mourning over. They're lamenting and mourning over the great wrath that came upon them that destroyed their nation. But they're not mourning and lamenting over the fact that they refused to heed the word of God or that they shrugged their shoulders or stopped their ears or made their hearts like flint. That was the real issue. That's what they should be lamenting over. Therefore, it happened, verse 13, that just as he proclaimed And they would not hear, so they called out, and I would not listen, says the Lord of hosts. Verse 13 is a very sobering verse. Because God's people refuse to listen to God, God refused to listen to them. And this is a part of God's judgment against disobedient sinners. Sometimes God will just abandon them to their ways. It's the wrath of abandonment. In Proverbs chapter 1, verses 24 to 28. Proverbs 1, verses 24 to 28, it says, Because I have called and you refused, I have stretched out my hand, and no one regarded, because you disdained all my counsel and would have none of my rebuke, I also will laugh at your calamity. This is God speaking. I will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your terror comes. When your terror comes like a storm and your destruction comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then they will call on me, but I will not answer. And they will seek me diligently, but they will not find me. That's the wrath of God's abandonment. Where he reaches this point that he says, okay, have it your way. And then once they get in in the storm, once they get in the whirlwind, once the the trouble comes and they finally call upon God, He's, I'm I'm not going to answer you. This is another reason why we should always take heed to the word of God and not harden our hearts to God. We should be quick to listen to God and receive his word and obey his word. You know, Paul commended the Thessalonians because they received the word of God, not as the words of men, but as it truly is the word of God. And he commends them for that. And so verse 14 But I scattered them with a whirlwind among all the nations which they had not known. Thus the land became desolate after them so that no one passed through or returned. So there's no one moving through the land because it's just completely desolate now. For they made the pleasant land desolate. Their disobedience to God's word led to desolation and the nation. Disobedience to God leads to desolation. Disobedience to God leads to desolation
3: me how I know and I say been sure than
1: the finest crystal You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Zechariah and he has more to share with you next time If you have any questions or would like to talk to share a prayer request we'd like to hear from you you can reach us at 410-491-4592 That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also get in touch with us by visiting our website. Go to calvaryec.com and look under the About tab. Then click on Contact. Maybe you're looking for additional messages from this series. You can find them at calvaryec.com as well under the Media tab. If you're not connected with a local church, we encourage you to find a church family it will help guide and support you in your faith. And if you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. If you'd like to submit a prayer request of something that's been on your heart, you can do that on our website as well. Just look under the prayer tab at calvaryec.com. Our website is a great place to find out what we believe and to get to know Pastor Dan a little more. Feel free to explore and learn at CalvaryEC.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to gain some additional insights from this Old Testament book of Zechariah. So be sure to join us again right here on Ring of Truth. I see the
3: signs and I recognize the hands that craft, and, and what I know because I know His voice, and it only takes